Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Some of them will take us, uh, some of the scriptures we're going to hear will take us out of comfort zones. That's okay. Um, I wonder if you ever noticed, first of all, how so many times in scripture, it likens our life unto a race that we're running. For example, we read this in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize. So run to win. That's t-shirt material. So run to win. Learning, um, learning to start a race properly is important because how you begin a race often returns how you're going to finish the race. If you begin well, you'll finish well. And for me, one of the most sobering truths that we read uh, in the Bible is where Jesus is very honest. Uh, he's, he's not trying to hide anything. And he teaches us how most people will not finish the race well. And this is how he tells us. He says this. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss. And listen to this. There are many who enter through it. We are, we are called not to enter or begin as many would begin this journey in life and go through life. We are called rather to go through the narrow gate the less traveled road, the most often the more difficult road, but it's a road which leads to God and to life forever. The other roads, Jesus says, quite frankly, leads to destruction and eternal loss. Now, Jesus is the narrow gate, which all must enter if they're going to have eternal life. There's no other way because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Many will try to find alternate routes. They will look for alternate routes to God, but they, they, they try through some maybe some man-made rules or some philosophies or regulations or through false religion or just you know trying to be good enough. And there are many who follow that broad road that leads, as Jesus says, to eternal destruction. Well, a few find the narrow gate and walk the road to eternal life. So the beginning of the journey is important because it sets the course for the rest of our life. And today I was going to talk about one covenant in particular, but as I began writing, I just realized I'm going to have to bring this up, separate into two different messages. So today's be a way of introduction uh, a little bit. But uh, remember once, uh, I remember talking before about how when you go into a large shopping mall and you are trying to find a specific store and you can't find it. And suddenly you come uh, across one of those mall directories that shows you the layout of the mall where every store is, like this on the slide. Whoops, not on the slide. There. And maybe you're like my wife and you look and say, hey, Bed Bath & Beyond, I think we should go there, honey. Or perhaps you're like me and you look at the Schuler's Books and Music Store in the map and say, that's of interest to me. 
Or maybe you finish shopping and the Olive Garden looks like a good place to go to grab some lunch after all that shopping. And the thing is, you know where you want to go, but you don't know how to get there because you don't know where you are. You can't get there if you have no idea where you are beginning this journey from. And so, thankfully, as you know, these mall directories will include a sign or symbol which says this. Back. You are here. And once you know where you are, you say, ah, okay, that's where I am. Now that's where I want to go. I know the journey I must take. I know the course. I can see through the map the steps I need to take to get where I want to be. Now you have direction. Now you have perspective on where you are so you can go where you want to go. And that's what God's word does for us. It tells us where we are. It's so truthful. It tells us where we are. It gives us direction to where we need and where we would want to go. So right at the beginning of our story, right at the beginning of the Bible, we find out where we are. We're lost. We have messed up. Uh, We allowed sin into the world. And our enemy, uh, the devil, Satan, convinced man not to trust God. And because he was successful, they disobeyed God, which led to sin coming into the world, which the consequences, it's, it's horrific. It's sin has cursed the earth, it says, the ground, so we have natural disasters. Sin has cursed our bodies, so we have disease and death. And it's severed our relationship with God the Father, so we are separated from Him. And we've lost. We, we're, we're, we're lost. <laughs> but then God steps in, not willing to let us be eternally lost. He says, He, he really declares war on the Satan. The first covenant we'll look at just briefly today, but more so next week, is in Genesis 3.15, where God makes this promise. He says to the Satan, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. And he, you know who he's talking about here? Jesus will strike your head and you will strike his heel. We'll talk about that more next week. That's the very foundation from which all the other promises, all the rest of Scripture is uh, born. It's out of this declaration. So what I want us to focus on today is that God, at the very beginning, created, and it was good. He created plants and suns and stars and oceans and animals and us. He even created time. You ever realized and thought about how time is a created thing? Genesis 1.5 says, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And, and this may very well be intended to teach us how the beginning was not just simply the beginning of the whole universe, but the beginning of time itself. We know that all things here exist in the realm of time. Uh, we know that uh, everything de- deteriorates, including our bodies in the realm of time. God, he exists outside of time, but we don't. God's not limited by time. He's not subject to time as you and I are. We have a beginning and we have an end. We have a beginning on the earth and an end in the earth. And the Bible's, you know, it talks about even the universe one day will come to an end. Now the Bible likes to differentiate between the temporal, and the eternal. 
The, the things in the temporal world are temporary. They, they, they corrode, they rot, they decay, right? We, our bodies, things we buy, everything in this realm of time that decays over time. They don't last, they, dissip, they dissipate. But not so in heaven. In fact, Jesus, one of these very truthful scriptures in Matthew 6, says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat, and rust destroys them. Where thieves break in and steal, he says, store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. And that's crucial for us to understand because what we do here or what we don't do here in the temporal part of life directly affects what we will know and experience in the eternal part of life. See, we are, we are in time we have 70, 80, maybe 90 years of life, and it's, it's limited, it's finite, it's measured. We live within this realm, these boundaries of time. And what we do here right now in this temporal part of life directly affects what eternity is going to look like. What we do here in time, what we store up here, will determine how we live outside of time in eternity. We must be making investments into things which will last Jesus says, store up things that will matter, that will last, not just when you breathe your last, but when you are in heaven. So that's why I'm passionate about the church. Because only in the context of church does one hear a message of truth in regards to the temporary things and the eternal things. All you have to do is watch commercials on TV, and they want to focus, they want to tell you that, that how to improve um, the temporal part of life. So I, this week, I, I looked up in the ThinkBox Academy, have listed what they believe are the best television commercials of 2022 so far. And without mentioning the product's name, or what's being advertised, I can tell you what the message of these products are telling you to buy so you can better under, have a better and happier life. So these are the messages. Number one, the commercial was buy a better couch now. Number two, buy better movies from home now. Number three, buy a better house now. Number four, buy better cell phone service now. Number five, buy a better designer kitchen now. And all these commercials are wanting you to think and focus on life now by having a better place to sit so you can watch better movies on your TV and a better house while you're texting someone and a better service as you walk into a better designed kitchen. And there may be good things or good things for you to, to have, to make, but they all have this in common. They're temporary. They have boundaries. They're limited. They have a short shelf, self, shelf life. And life is so much, 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 much more than the years you have here in the boundary of time. And while these may be good decisions, more importantly, importantly, you have to come to terms at how am I using this time, not, you know, get better cell phone service or movies, and that's okay. I would do the same, but, but really, more importantly, how am I preparing for the eternal when the temporary is finished? I like illustrations, so I brought illustrations for me today to help us understand. I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this or how it's going to work, but I think I, I may know what I'm doing. I may not know what I'm doing. We'll judge on that. Oh, Morgan's coming to help me. Thank you, Morgan. 
That's why we hired a young adult pastor. Just pick this. Now, is that in your resume? I will admit, move tables. I'm just going to turn this around like this. Okay. And we'll put this back. Yeah, I think she had Morgan a hand. That was amazing. Years of education. So God, we know, this is a boundary, a barrier, and God exists in the eternal. And in our temporal world, there are things that we value very much. We value um, family. We value finances. You know, these at the back. We value fitness and function, which represents how we function in time as in our career, uh, in our recreation, in our talents, in our abilities, and so forth. So we have these things in the temporal. And they are important areas of our present life. Family include marriage, raising kids, relationships, finances, include retirement, wealth, buying a home, Fitness includes our health, our mobility, and having a sound mind. Function speaks to how we function with our time. We have a career. We have recreation time. We have uh, talents and abilities that we want to use. And all these things have two things in common. Number one, they have value. I value them. You value them because they add value to our life right now. Marriages, finances, career, and so on matter to us right now. Now, secondly, they're also temporary. They add value to their life, but it's very short-lived because these things exist in the temporal. However, we need to go, Jesus says, don't store up there. How can we use those to store up treasure in heaven? So help us to understand Perspective on life. Before I finish this illustration, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk over to this wall. I want you to imagine, by the way, that all these walls and this ceiling represents eternity. Every part, the floor, the ceiling, the ceiling all represents eternity. And I'm going to put a dot right there. That's us now. That's temporary life. Can you, can you see the dot? There is a dot. I'm not making it up. That, that's, that's where we are right now. A dot amongst all of eternity. And why that, I love that illustration, why is because it makes, it reminds me that when we, all we see in life is that dot, we're all, when we're only willing to see that dot, then we tend to put all our resources into the dot. We like it when people look at our dot and say, that's a nice dot. That's a successful dot. You have a prosperous dot. You have a good-looking dot. People may say to themselves, I wish my dot looked good as your dot. But one day, the dot will disappear. And people will talk about your dot for a time. They'll remember your dot. But 
really, in a couple of generations, you'll just might be a name on an on a tree, ancestry tree. I bet a lot of you don't even know the names, first names of your great grandparents, because we tend to forget. And we move on. And the dot will be removed, and, and life for you on earth is over, and now it's full of all of this eternity. And what you choose there in the dot, how you live in that dot, the decisions you make in that dot, determine how you spend the rest of this. Now, however, most people, and this does not have to be you because, but most people have a finite, limited view of what life really is. They put all their time, put all their energy, all their resources in making the dot a better dot. But ignore all this. And even churches will get stuck there. If you I had a professor said, I'm going to read the minutes of your churches, guys. And if you read the minutes of churches, annual reports, or even attend an annual meeting, sometimes you'll note how much focus is still on the dot and not on the eternal things, which really matter. I remember, uh, I love to learn. So I remember once a church in, in a community years, like years ago, uh, they were struggling, and they had to have a two-point charge because they could not afford a pastor in one place. And so they struggled between these two churches about a half hour away from each other. And then the word came that someone left them a lot of money. And they're all good because now they're going to do the, the sensible thing. They're going to hire a pastor full-time because besides God himself, people are your best resource, gifted, experienced, called people who, and leaders. And so they're going to do that. So you can imagine how surprised I was when I learned the church did not do that. They took the money and built a huge kitchen on the back of their church. And the reason was the present kitchen was downstairs. And, you know, if we didn't have to go downstairs, that'd be all good. We could just keep it upstairs. And I get it. Stairs can be a pain, especially when you get older. But the vision was like, okay, how can we make this dot better for us? It was all about how we make lives easier here and, and about what we can do, not about what we can do to reach others. And I'll tell you, I, I, I don't have this in my notes, but I'll tell you yesterday, I looked up to see if that church still existed, and it did. I was glad for that. But they don't have a web page, but in their advertisement, they say this. Our service is from 9.30 to 10.30, no longer. The pastor's sermons are short. And our newly renovated sanctuary, so they got, now the sanctuary is renovated, and afterwards, we go to the kitchen upstairs, we eat and we have food, and there's no time limit on that. And isn't that interesting? The message is, okay, if you come, we know we got to do church, we have a church, so 9.30, 10.30, no longer, the sermons are short, the sanctuary is comfortable, and then we'll go and eat and visit. And I love to eat and visit. I love it. We were at uh, Truk's house this week. She invited us for a great Vietnamese supper. It was so good. Did she ever invite you over to her place for Vietnamese supper? Clear the calendar. Just, just say, I'm, I'm available. Her mom and her did a great job. We just love getting to know them better and give us more food to get home that we could eat another meal. Josh and I, we had, we had lunch today, this week, and we visited together. Love that. Uh, my friend Peter and I at 6 in the morning down at the Welland River praying for our church with a coffee. Visit with Keith this week, others. I love that. But I want to start coming together worshiping the Lord, hearing his word, and serving him 
as the foundation, as the core, as the snowball. There are a lot of great things here in the dot. Family, love family, finances, health, career, all important to me, all important to you, but they all exist in time. That is, they are temporary. We, we cannot bring them with us. We cannot bring them from here to here, yet we focus so much over here. They will remain there in time. However, what we do for God has value. And when we add, when we now store up treasure here in the present world, we take and honor Him with, um, with our family. We minister to our families. When we honor Him with our bodies, we take and put Him first in our finances. Whenever we serve God, what we're doing is saying, okay, Lord, these are important to me and you give them to me. They're a blessing. But I'm going to take these things. I'm going to take my family. I'm going to minister to them. I'm going to take I'm going to take my health, and I'm going to even honor you with that, my body. And I'm going to take my finances. That's important to me. But God, I'm going to put you first. And even my 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 time, my function as a in my career. I'm going to I'm going to. God says, okay, I will come over to where you are. See here, God, and He puts them in, and we have them. That's where we are right now. And one day, we will have treasures in the eternal in the heaven. Because we why we're in this dot. Saying God is for you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to put you first. Manu read today, seek ye first. Everything will be able to be taken care of. Because you're using your time, you're using your energy, you're using resources here for eternal matters. And God will honor that. And you're storing treasures in heaven. Today, here, for tomorrow. So when you pray, when, when, when you serve, when you give, when, when you forgive, when you attend, when you disciple, when you encourage, when you learn and apply His Word here and now, you are storing treasure up in heaven. And you know, it, 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 prayer is so valuable. You don't need a degree to pray. You don't need uh, an admission fee to pray. You don't need a place to pray. You don't need talent to pray. You show up and say, God, here I am. I'm listening and I'm praying. And I sent out a weekly email this week. I don't know how many of you get the weekly email. I hope you do because, and read it because Pastor Dave does an awesome job putting it together. And I gave, a, I gave it a little bit of a cry for our church this week. Uh, and so maybe I can just play that video. It's, just watch this. It's one minute long. Watch this and here, listen to this. I look great, don't I? <laughs> Gotta hit it again. Everybody, Pastor Mark here with this week's update. I would love to invite you to come to our prayer start Sunday morning at nine o'clock because it really depends upon God working through us. If we are going to accomplish the things and be the things that God asks us to be. I can't do this on my own. You can't do this on your own. So we come together at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning in the prayer room off the sanctuary, and we just spend some time listening and praying to God. Even if you just sat and, and just prayed with us quietly, that would be awesome just to have you there. So would you consider 9 o'clock Sunday saying, you know what, I'm so, at so many other places at 9 o'clock during the day, I can be at church at 9 o'clock and, and pray that the service, that God's Word, that the worship would impact um, me and others that day for His glory. 
see you then. Now, it didn't work out as well as I thought we would have. I thought we'd have more people. But I want people there because they want to be there, because they believe that I want this dot to be as good as it can. But more than that, I want to work towards eternity. I want more people in eternity. I want to do what I hear do today to count for tomorrow. So I'm going to pray today I can do this. And because I'm storing up treasure now for heaven, I'm going to do something I haven't done in 33 years. You ready? Actually, 33 years this Sunday I've been pastoring. 33 years. I've never done this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call my wife up. Yes. Yes. This on, get this go. I would never do this ahead of time because she wouldn't let me. <laughs> but not knowing what was on her heart, we talked some, but she shared a vision today for prayer. I'm going to get you to share that, honey, with people for next Sunday for as our prayer person in the church who leads prayer start, leads that in our, in our life groups, just to share that what's on your heart for, for prayer. How many people need Jesus? Raise your hand. Next week, next Sunday morning, I'd like to invite all of you to come to pray. It's a call in pursuit of more of Jesus. We need more of him. And he likes that. It says in his word that he likes it when we, when we come to him with a need and... Um, and just seek him, pursue him. So next Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, I hope to see you all, all the people who raise their hand that they need Jesus. And we'll, we'll pray for more of him. Thanks. Amen. A lot more enthusiasm. Come on. <laughs> but, but you understand, this isn't a guilt thing. This is, not, this is like, if you really want this to do something now that's going to matter tomorrow, if you really want this church to thrive, if you want the church to thrive, if you want Niagara Falls to thrive, if you want your family to thrive, you want to thrive, come. Come. And I know not everybody will, but I know, I just know that the word God's given me this year is remnant. There is a, there is a, I never heard that word since school days. That's back in the 90s or 80s, 80s, sorry. When, God would always call a remnant, a small group within the, the, the whole bunch who just have this conviction and this burden for what he's doing. Uh, consumers in church will focus on the dot. Say, I'd like this. I don't like this. I'm going to stay. I'm not going to stay. But investors go, no, what can I do where I am to invest in God's kingdom? So we've been called to come and pray. Nine o'clock. I often ask the people the question, what matters most? What matters most to you? And the answer I get most often is family. And that's a great answer. Family should be important. Marriage and children are worth our investment. Family is important to me. It's important to you. Well, let me ask you this. What do they know of eternity today? They're good kids. They have good hearts. They care for others. They're good at sports. They're on their way to a good career. They're making money. And all these things will wither away in time. 
They don't last. They can't last. As husbands, as wives, as fathers, as mothers, as grandparents, I'm asking myself, I am, what can I do to invest today in this dot, in this time God's given me for their eternity? How can I start treasuring heaven on behalf of my family, on behalf of your family? A couple of fresh suggestions. I know we struggle with this, especially those closest to us. If you, if, if you took, if you signed up for the Alpha course, you saw the Alpha videos are incredible. They are so loving, they're, they're so good, and they ask the questions all the people that don't know Christ will ask. And you can say to someone in your family or a friend or a neighbor, would you watch these videos with me? That's all. Just watch them with me and talk about them. Huge. I mean, it's reached so many people. Another fresh suggestion, get some popcorn, some chips, and watch The Chosen together. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, it is the, uh, I think, the first time they put the life of Jesus into the episodes, into seasons, and it is, I'm told, the most fundraised entertainment project in the world. Because people just give to it, so they keep going. Investing. In the future, you don't have to give to it, but you can sit down and say, would you watch... The Chosen with me. It's done so well, reaching so many people. When you're driving the car, you play passages of the Bible when you're driving with them. I don't think we'll open the door and jump, jump out. What I do know is this. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. The problem is we think we'll always have time Someday I'll make time. Sometime I'll have time. Sometime uh, when the time is right. But we don't. If you read the Bible, you know God makes it quite clear that, that, that time here on earth is limited. It's a dot on the wall. You can't even recognize or see. And the Bible says it this way. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. And we keep living as if no time on, on earth is infinite. I have time. I'll always have time. My family will have time. My neighbors will have time. Niagara Falls will have time. But Jesus reminds us about one who lived this way, who ignored the eternity and focused solely on what he had now. And this is what he tells us, Jesus, another sobering story. It says this, then Jesus told the story. A rich man had a fertile farm to produce fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I'm in the dot. I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. I, then I'll have enough room to store up all my wheat and other goods. And what does he say? Then I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored up for many years to come. So take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. The dot is good. But God said, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Jesus says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Don't fall into the trap of focusing on the dot when there's all this. What can I do here and now for the time God has given me to influence my life and the lives of others for eternity. So God's trying to get us to understand our life on earth is like the fog that dissipates. He said it's like grass that withers or shadows which quickly disappear. They're all temporary. And what we tend to do in this temporary part of life is focus on the temporary things. 
But a day is coming when these things will be meaningless to us. What we must pursue today are the things that we can store up in heaven. Not in the world's kingdom. You have a few years of your life to gain that eternal perspective. You might have a few days, a few weeks, maybe a few hours. Say, God, put, I want to put my life in perspective of what the scripture says, not what I think, not what the world says. Jesus says, even if you live, I might just come back one day when you don't expect it. In fact, he says that. Because we're in the last days. Jesus tells, tells us this about the last days. And you'll hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these must first take place. But the end won't come immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains which more, with more to come. Wars, nations against nations, earthquakes and famines, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration have kept record of the disasters in the United States since 1980, disasters which have resulted in more one, cost more than $1 billion to uh, tend to. So for 42 years, we've been keeping track of the number of natural disasters costing over a billion dollars. And this is what they found in the 1980s. There were three, average of three every year. You got to take the average of the whole 1980s, it's an average of three. In the 1990s, it went up a bit. There was an average of five large-scale disasters per year. And then 2010s, not that long ago, there was an increase. 12 large-scale disasters per, per year. And then in 2020, just one year, there were 22 disasters costing over a billion in one year. In fact, it costs 95 billion. So my question is, I'm gonna to go to communion in a moment. I wanna ask you, where are you investing today? How are you investing today? In the dot? Or are you investing in forever? There's nothing wrong with having the things here in the dot. If we put them in the proper perspective, that's not my life. That's not the first. That's not the most. I'm ready to say, God, I want to put it all in you and store up treasure in heaven. I will use this here for you and it'll count for me forever. If you didn't get a chance to communion, did anybody have a chance to take communion cup? We wanted to communion cup today. Just so want to make sure if you didn't raise your hand. Didn't get one. Let me read this for you. By the way, Jesus spent 33 years in this world. He spent three of them investing in eternal things. And he loved eating with people. He talked with people. He hung out with people. And on the dot, he was on a cross. What we did on the cross is come for eternity. We're looking for those things. What can I do here today, God, that will matter in the lives of others for eternal life? So the communion supper, this was instituted by our Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ himself. 
And it is a sacrament which proclaims his life, which explain, uh, proclaims his sufferings, his sacrificial death and resurrection. And we have this hope and we know he's coming back again. It shows forth the Lord's death until his return. And the supper is a means of grace in which Christ is present by the Holy Spirit. He is with us today. Think about that. Jesus is here. Examining, encouraging, loving, watching. So this is to be received with reverent appreciation and gratefulness for what Christ has done and what he's doing. And it's all those who are truly repentant, those who have forsaken their sins and believe in Christ for salvation, you're, you are invited to participate in the death and the resurrection of Christ. We come to this table, as it were, that we may be renewed in the life and salvation, be made one in the Spirit. And I want to give you this chance in unity with the church that we would just confess to him our faith. We confess that he has died, and he's risen, and he will come again. And maybe you need to confess how you're not allowing him to work in your life. You know, he's saying, you know what? I love you. And you know there's this, this area that prevents, it's an obstacle, it affects you, it affects your family, it affects your church, that you're not trusting me. You believe you can't do it without that. You can. And you may need to confess that to him today. Help, I'm sorry. Forgive me, enable me, walk with me, be with me. For what you did on the cross, what you did in the tomb is greater than what the enemy's tempting me to do. Step out of the dot. And what you think will satisfy you there, especially those lies of the enemy, and say, God, no, I'm counting my life for eternity. I'm claiming my family, God. I'm claiming my church. I'm claiming my city, that they would know and receive you, that you would use me, that your Holy Spirit would channel through me, that they would come to know this. So on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he knew that. He took bread. And what did he do? He gave thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to us, his disciples, and said, this is my body which is given for you. Would you eat this in remembrance of me? And likewise, When supper was over, he took a cup. And again, our Jesus, who knew he was going to be betrayed, gave thanks. Gave it to his disciples, said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which we're going to be talking about, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me and be thankful.
God, we are so thankful. I'm so thankful for those who took, who used the resource and time to speak into my life, that I could stand today as your child. I desire, God, that others would come to know you that way. How humbling would be that you would use us, God, to reach others. People who are lost, people looking to medicate pain, people who are just angry because there seems to be no answer, no purpose. Lord, we want to be used to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.